Welcome to the VGU Podcast. This episode was recorded on the 10th of April of 2016. The VGU Podcast is brought to you by VideoGamesUncovered.com, your one-stop shop for video game-related news, reviews, opinionated articles, and much more. That's VideoGamesUncovered.com. Welcome to the first VGU podcast. My name is Will. I'm Ian. I'm Dom. I'm Sam. Alright, now that we've got that over with, Ian, what have you been playing this week? I, oh my god, I've been playing a lot of stuff. Just Cause 2, for some bizarre reason. Um, Man, like, there was a fun game in there somewhere, but they did their best to hide it. I, you know how I'm a, well... Listeners won't know, but you'll learn. I'm a really stupid achievement hunter, and I'll beat my face against a wall if you're, someone. You're pretty me... crazy when it comes to the hunts of achievements. Yeah, if you offer me 10g, I will just run headfirst at a wall for 10 hours. Um, <laughs> so I've, g. I've decided for some bizarre reason that I'm going to attack Just Cause 2, and there's a little percentage gauge that I'm trying to get to 75% for the achievement, and man, does it not move. It moves up in naught point naught, like percentages. You know, like blowing something up will give you naught point naught one percent, and it's just like, ah, <laughs> takes so long. So you're not going to go for the unwritten achievement of the a hundred percent. Well, the, thankfully there is no hundred percent. They were merciful and you know said seventy five percent is all you need. And yes, I would hate just cause three because I have a major bone to pick with Avalanche. Just Cause 3 doesn't really do anything different except for go, look, hey, shinier graphics and crippling AMD problems. Yeah. Pretty much. Well, it's, And 15-minute load time. This is my thing with Avalanche is they, they're like Bethesda. They make buggy, buggy shit, and everybody lets them off for it constantly. I still can't complete Mad Max. Mad Max is bugged out on me. I'd have to restart that to 100% it, and that game is not fun enough for that. That is the big struggle of they can make a sandbox, but they can't make a good game inside of that sandbox. Exactly. Like, they should just, once they've built it and they've built all the explosions and everything, they should hand it off to somebody who isn't a 12-year-old boy to to come up with the plot and, you know. It's like Fallout New Vegas all over again. Let Obsidian do the story. They actually used to do it. Yeah. So, yeah, basically, I've been playing a game I don't like because I'm an idiot for a week. So, bleh. So, what you're saying is we should ignore everything you say because you have terrible taste. I don't have terrible taste. I know it's bad. <laughs> it sounds like I'm... you've got terrible taste. No, no, because I know it's, it's bad. It's just a masochist. Yeah, I'm just an idiot. It's, it's not that I think... <laughs> why why isn't he playing Dark Souls 3, then? Uh, because... Because reasons. I never. I'm not in on this whole Dark Souls train yet. I I'll get in on at three at some point. I'll play it, but I just yeah that one passed me by. Really, I'd say if you weren't in by Dark Souls one, it probably isn't for you. He hasn't even played it. I've not played it. I've not. I've just. Wasn't it free on Xbox? Yeah, it's sat there in my list, but my back catalogue is enormous. I could happily never buy another game and still be set for life. Really, I've given up on my back catalogue. Just, just like I know, I'm never going to finish The Witcher Three. I'm probably not going to ever finish Pillars of Eternity, but they're there, and I had fun for like five hours. Yeah, I've just got an endless stream of Steam games that I know I'm never going to for my life play. So it's just like they will sit forever. My, I have like 200 games on Steam, and I've played maybe 20 of them. 
That <laughs> two hundred filthy casual. Yeah, I am. A, I'm a PC gaming casual. Trust me. But it's my Xbox cal. I just sits and stares me in the face, especially when they're still installed, and I'm just looking at. I'm like, oh, I just need a couple more achievements, and then you're gone. Get out of my face. But I can't abandon them at ninety percent done. Like, I'm, I'm too much of an idiot. Masochist. You've got to go the whole hog and finish yeah. it. So, somebody tell me about a better game you've been playing. Banner Saga. That is a better game. That, that is pretty yeah, good. Yeah, I'm trying to finish it in time for Banner Saga 2, which I think is next week. Because yeah. I did play it when it came out in, I think, 2014. But that was two hard drives ago, and Steam wasn't too hot on the cloud saves back then. Oh, yeah. I need to actually go back and just play that in general, because I know I did a little bit of a live stream session of it ages ago, and then... I never got the chance to go back and do it again, so I've just got to, because I fell in love with that. It was so good. Yeah, Banner Saga is a one game that passed me by. I played the Bedlam, you know, Sky Shines Bedlam, which is based off the engine, which yeah. is just a mess. But uh, we, we'll we talk a bit about EGX later, but I played a little bit of Banner Saga too, and it was quite fun, so I think I'll probably come back for this one. Lucky man. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've, I'm the same as you. I'm trying to complete it before Banner Saga 2, but I'm a little bit lucky because console gaming, casual, peasant, I have longer because it's launching first on PC, then console a bit down the line. Also, is the console version of Banner Saga just a straight-up app port? So you use your controller as a faux mouse instead of yeah, them much. actually designing the UI around it? Yeah, but it works because there's never you're never required to do anything quickly in Banner Saga. It's all turn-based and decisions, and you don't have to quickly respond to anything. That's true, but it could still probably be a little bit more smooth. Uh, I found it quite good, to be honest. Like, I've, I've not had any problems. It's a bit funny, though, because for a quite simplistic-looking game to begin with, and it's obviously not very demanding, it still oddly chugs at times on PC. It I again, I haven't noticed anything on the console. Again, no, I I don't have those glorious PC gamer 60 FPS minimum eyes. <laughs> I I eyes I got used to inside. this shit. I got yeah, me and I, me and Ian are very much of the console peasantry. Yeah. Please, sir, can I have some more frames? Per Great, second, we're like sir? ten minutes in, and you've already <laughs> painted me into a corner to be the PC master race overlord. Well, you are the master race overlord. Congratulations you upon you. yourself. Would yeah, you like while I sit here, possibly thinking about playing Bloodborne on my PS4. Oh, you gonna? It's like when some rich princess slums it in a film. Yeah. <laughs> come join the common people yeah. with our 30 That's frames. It. Just call me come, Anne Hathaway. Yeah, just come and dance in the lower decks with the Irish people. <laughs> the Wilhelm Diaries just. Will they get Lisa, me come view the slowdown. Tom, <laughs> uh, what have you been playing? Uh, all sorts again. Like mostly this week, um, there was another big update in Warframe, and so I was playing that because they introduced Inaros onto the console versions uh, that's been out on PC. Mr. Sandman. Pretty much, or as I like to call him, hashtag Mummies Alive, because he just reminds me of that old school TV show, and I love it. His And after playing him, I thought to myself for the longest time, I'm either going to love this guy, or I'm going to hate him like I hate Loki. Because every single... Uh, like, I'm going to be branded as really bad for this in the Warframe community. Lokis are scumbags. I will easily say that, and I will preach that until the end of the earth. Who cares? And so I thought it was either going to go into the category of Loki or into the categories of like Banshee and Limbo for me, where I just instantly fall in love. 
And I'm happy to say I've fallen in love because his skill set is super good. He's he doesn't even have any shields, so he runs completely off of health. And his entire uh, ability set is built around dealing damage, but at the same time setting up opponents so that they're either debilitated and can't attack you, or when you kill them, it gives HP to all party members that are close by to their death. Which is pretty damn awesome. Fair enough. I haven't played Warframe in a while, because like, it's, it's on the Xbox, and I love it. Um, but I sort of, I did that thing of you hammer a game for 200 hours and then you're just like, right, I can't play any more of that for a long time. Um, so yeah, I'm, Binge and you binge and you binge. Yeah, at some point I'm going to reinstall it, see all the new stuff. Like I got out just before they added raids. Oh, yeah. So when I come, come back to it later this year, probably, I'll, uh, I'll get back in and see all the new stuff, check out the new frames. But Fair enough. It is a great it's worthwhile. game. Yeah. And I and I, I hit that wall ages ago, and as well as Warframe, I've been doing something that I've actually done for the longest time, because I don't know why I've just had a lull of going back doing this. I've just gone back to play a wad of classic PS2 games, and no, of, of course Ratchet and Clank was in there because the new one's coming out, classics. But there was one PS2 game I played, which I loved when I was growing up, which is one of those odd Capcom titles, which you would only know if you saw it in a shop or played a demo disc. And it was a Beat Down Fists of Vengeance. Alright, what have you been playing, Sam? Uh, so this week, I've kind of been a bit off. I haven't really been playing a lot of stuff, but I've mainly been getting back into Battlefront, because... I got it late. For some reason, when Ian did the review of it, he also got a PS4 copy of it, and he said, well, nobody else is playing it, might as well send it to you. So I've been playing a lot of that, and it's quite a lot of fun. Have I mean, they added I a whole I've... new five hours of content? Yes, I think they have, actually. I think they've added the Outer Rim maps, which I haven't paid for, but you can play some of them. I think they've added all the free maps, and then you can't get, like, Greedo and Nien Nub if you buy the DLC. But no, I've actually been quite enjoying it. It's one. It's the best 20-minute game I've ever played, where you <laughs> just hop in, play for 20 minutes, go, that was really fun, and then not play it for like four days. But every time I've played it, I've had fun. It has made me want another Rogue Squadron game, because I love the flying in it, but the, 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 the flight combat, especially the flight combat mode, is way too short. By the time you got up to speed and, you know, actually dogfighting, the game's over, and then you just have to start the next one. Yeah, there's no room, so, for, uh, there's no room to turn it around. Like, no, it's if somebody gets the Slave 1 or the Millennium Falcon and then just camps the uh, the repair power-ups, they've won the match, yeah. to be honest. And then I've also been playing Enter the Gungeon because I did the review of that and I've kept playing it. Really fun roguelike. It does, like, I did give it a 9 and I think it deserves it, but it does need to have some tweaks with uh, RNG stuff. You can get runs completely destroyed by getting bad RNG just because you don't get keys and stuff, but... The guys at Dodge Roll right? are... Yeah, it is a roguelike. Yeah, so the RNG it's... at some point will always dick on you. Yeah, but I think for the compared to something like Isaac, it just does need a little bit of tweaking. They said they are going to tweak it, and they are you know, saying they're going to be future updates, but it's still a very fun uh, roguelike, lots of really fun weapons. Favourite gun so far is probably the Fight Saber, which is a rifle which turns into a lightsaber, and you can deflect bullets with it. It's just really fun to use. Yeah. 
And just some of the NPCs are really funny. There's one that you just free, and she's just this uh, like squid person in a helmet, and she just hangs out in like your main base. And what you can do to her is every time you see, you can kick her helmet back into the the dungeon. She goes, "Great, I've got to go get that now." And you can just keep doing it. She doesn't snap at you. She just really she looks at you like, "I really hate you, but I'm still going to go get my helmet again." So I'm just expecting for the one moment where she snaps and she's like the ultimate final boss, but that doesn't seem to have happened yet. So, so is it kind of like that thing in uh, the original Super Mario 64 with the penguin and just kicking him off the edge? Pretty much, yeah. You just, she's just sitting there all happy. You just walk up, kick the helmet, and then just walk away again. Yeah. It's a fun game. If you want a good roguelike, which has some good local co-op, it's definitely worth playing. All right, because I kind of burnt out a lot of roguelikes after that kind of boom around 2011-ish. Yeah. I think if you want to get back into one and you've, you know, I think it's a tenner. I think it's only a tenner and you will get some fun out of it. So if you want it, it's for PS, it's PS4, PC. I don't know if it's coming to the bone. It probably will come to the it bone. It will at some point. But, uh, they're just, yeah, it will at some They're never point. allowed to say anything when they get yeah. a timed deal. But, uh, yeah, definitely get it if you want a fun little roguelike that uh, you'll have a lot of fun with. All right. Oh, so uh, Ian and Sam, you've been at EGX this week, haven't you? Yes, yes we, we have. have. Tell me more. Uh, Sam, go first. Well, we're going to be writing up a lot about this, so expect kind of big write-ups. But uh, we were actually really surprised. Everything we saw at EGX was great fun. We didn't, you know, sometimes with a lot of these indie shows, you'll go around and you'll see something and you'll get a couple of stinkers inside, you know, some of the, you know, the big name stuff from like Team 17, who are always there. But everything we saw at EGX, we had a lot of fun with. Some things just came out of nowhere, like Snake Pass that we saw. We were just walking around. We thought, oh, this looks quite fun. And we played it and it's, you know, really fun little puzzle platformer so really surprised definitely egx is probably my favorite show to go to just because it's quite quiet and it's not like the big egx where you have to queue for two hours to get into anything so yeah definitely go to rest in the future and it was a good show yeah i enjoyed it like you mentioned snake pass sort of a colorful banjo-esque like platformer game but the uh, the unique hook is that you're a snake and you move like a snake and you have to sort of slither and you know, do the, the serpentine motion to build up speed, and you have to coil around things to climb them. Yeah, that was the main thing with the platforming, like, to get to one of the, the way, because it's, it's only very much a tech demo at the moment. Sumo Digital are making it, and it's only, like, three months in development, and they were just showing it off just as a, hey, this is a cool proof of concept we have. Aren't Sumo Digital you... the guys that did the Tony Hawk's games, the more recent no, ones? No, you're thinking of, oh, who are the... Tony Hawk. No, Sumo Digital do um, racing stuff for most oh, part. Okay. They did oh. uh, Sonic All Stars and Outrun and Virtua Tennis. They did, and... they did oh, those guys. Forza Horizon 2 port for the 360, and they're working on Crackdown 3, which I'd forgotten which about. Which we found out. Yeah. Mm. Um, so, yeah, they're very busy. But, yeah, it's like we say, indie. It's Sumo Digital. You know, they're not a small studio. It's, it's not exactly indie, indie, but it's one of those little. It's the first original IP and self-published thing that they're planning to do. So, uh, but yeah, you know, it's just really fun little silly game. I mean, the best part of it for me was as well as you have to like spin the control stick to coil your way around platforms. It was just the snake animation. The snake looked really happy, like he'd be smiling whenever he was like going at high speed. But if you ever fell off something, his face would just contort and just have like a face of terror. It was just that I found that infinitely funny. Yeah. No, it was a it was a cool little game. 
So and again, mm-hmm. that was one of those like we didn't really we didn't really know it was there. We were just wandering past and we we're like, oh, that looks cool. Let's give that a look. Mm-hmm. Um. So what I'd else? Say, I, think that, I think that's one thing I do really enjoy with Rezzed rather than the big EGX show because. The one time I went to Res, I think it was like last year or a couple of years ago now. It was just so fun. Like you walk around and you see all the different like games that are going on. And you're just like, that looks like fun. I'll, I'll try that one. Then that one. Trying to go past all the indies who are standing there like the uh, hooker in. Oh, yeah. Uh, full metal jacket. <laughs> Come have a look. $20 game. I did actually... edit out that, that racist accent, please. <laughs> no, that's nice. Um... I apologize to all the ethnicities, yeah. fucking all of them. It's oh, it's it's fine. I'm sure we'll be much more offensive to somebody at some point. Yeah, I don't. You say about the um, getting flagged down by people. I did actually, whilst Sam was queuing up for uh, PSVR, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Oh yeah, I, you got flagged. I got down. flagged down by somebody who uh, dragged me over with the uh, sort of the tagline of a skill-based acrobatic shooter where you don't have to aim, and I was just like. Alright, sounds okay. interesting. You did also get a Werther's original. And she well. gave me a Werther's original. I got, like, that was a big When you were a good little boy. I, That's oh, a good win. Man, Werther's. I don't care if they make me an old man. I love Werther's. Um, so yeah, so I went over to see this game called Seraph, which is coming out on Steam very soon, said next couple of weeks, and then PS4 after that, and then Xbox One at some point. Obviously, this was in the Sony booth, so through yeah. a mixture of, you know, elaborate espionage and uh, smoke signals. I managed to get the yeah, it's coming to Xbox at some point out of them. But, you know, sat in the uh, the enemy layer. Can't really... Yeah. Can't really... The, behind enemy lines, yeah. you couldn't really just outright say. Um, but yeah, it was a cool sort of um, Metroidvania 2D style platform shooter thing where essentially if you just hold the trigger, she'll shoot. Um, and she'll aim at whatever the you know, nearest target is she's got twin pistols, so if you're in between two, she'll split fire. Uh, and it's one of those where it's just more about you've got to move and dodge and stay mobile. And it's like that sort about of Devil May Cry thing going of, off around you. You know, I like Devil May Cry. He basically you just you hold the trigger and he'll just shoot, and then you've just got to oh, run and do enough. flips and shit. So it's that, yeah. Um, and it was really cool. And it's been made by one guy basically. He's the only full time staff on it. Uh, and then there's a a few more sort of you know pitch in when it's needed kind of thing um but it's been made in six months and it's just one of those like he just had an idea for a game built it, it it's really good um like i said it's all about the mobility and like you've got a double jump you can attach yourself to walls flip off she's got like a blink ability so you can like teleport through projectiles that are coming your way and stuff it was a great game to watch. I mean, Ian was playing, and after I'd finished with VR, I came to watch, and it was like really quite spectacular as a as a as a viewer game. I know, I think I read somewhere that it's going to have some form of Twitch integration in terms of if somebody's streaming it. I think the chat can comment, and it'll actually affect like harder enemies and stuff like that, which I think I think some other it's games the horror have game tried which that. did that. The horror one, yeah, it was can't remember, was always there, in the mazes, and you could just be like. Send yeah. in another monster. All right, cool. There's another monster. Idarb had a kind of thing with uh, Twitter integration where you could like hashtag at people's games, and then it would cause things to happen in the arena. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, it's it's a very cool little game. Um, like one of those ones. I just 
wasn't expecting to see. I was like, oh, that's great. I want to play it. He said his main inspirations behind it were The Matrix and Equilibrium, and I'm like, right, I'm, I'm way on board with this. Good yeah, You can definitely tell the gun catter yeah. stuff was in there. That was the only bad thing about the Sony section is they had a massive space for PSVR and then all the all the indie stuff was right up the corner. So unless you knew where it was, you weren't going to find any of the stuff there. Yeah, it was it was kind of annoying actually because like there was some great games that were just shoved in a corner. Yeah, there was well there was Strength and the Sword which we both loved. Yeah, that was brilliant. Um, what was that one? There was it's a Team Seventeen are publishing it, but it's done by two Bulgarian guys. Yeah, um, it, it's it was on PS3. Yeah, it's already it? been released on PS3, but it came out essentially as the PS4 came out, um, and obviously just got missed by everyone as a result. So they're re-releasing it and adding a load to it, from what I gather. So it's, yeah, they're doing like an nice. ultimate edition. Yeah. Um, but the way I described it is a sort of Devil May Cry meets Dark Souls. It's like a really fast Dark Souls. Um, you so just... high mobility, very lethal. Yes, but at the same time, you're kind of stuck in what you're doing, and the enemies are pretty brutal. If you you know make the wrong move, they'll they'll spank you for it. Oh, right. Um, and the sort of the the characters in it are golems that you can build. And yeah, you can sort of... they're all robots which you can swap out separate parts. So you have like a head part, a, a weapon part, a shield part. Yeah, and like and so... it's different shields to different things. So there's like one that has like a repulsor blast thing like you know that like iron man sort of yeah, it's got a shotgun in it yeah. and you just shotgun blast people. Uh, and then there's one that's like a an extendable shield that when you block with it it sort of extends and covers your body which is the, the one that the the gladiator preset had so it had like there were two preset guys that you could use but in the main game you'd be able to mix and match and make your own person um but yeah that was a a really cool game like it was one where yeah, the idea sounded cool, but the execution could have been a bit ropey, and it wasn't. It was just brilliant. Yeah, so it's really it. like, yeah. And I, it's coming to. I know it's coming to PS4. It's coming to Vita, and I think Wii U as well. Fate so. yeah, still releasing for the Vita. Yeah. Yeah. And PC, so it's coming to everything. Yeah, basically, so. you know, it'll be on a calculator near you sometime soon. So it's another one of those indie games where they literally just bring it on everything, hope for the best. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was kickstarted and it got to everything. Yeah. So, um, and it's it's quite pretty. It's got its art style sort of like. Do you ever play Massive Chalice? Any of you? Yes. Oh yeah. Like yeah. that kind of art style, but more detailed version of it. Um, but that sort of uh, exaggerated shapes and. Oh, fair enough. Very cool. That sounds like a half decent, really nice thing. Yeah. So. It. I enjoyed it. Uh, what else did we have? Uh, there was Fury as yes, well. Yes, you played that. I'll. Yeah. Uh, it was advertised, I think, at one of the PlayStation experiences, I think the last one, and it's like a boss rush game. It's called, best liken it to something like uh, Metal Gear Rising, where you you play as a guy, I forgot the name of the guy, but he's a, like a masked swordsman who's imprisoned and he gets uh, set loose by some random spirit and he's got to fight his way out of jail and all the jailers are like massive bosses. And uh, so I got to play the first boss and it was it's an equivalent of like a rhythm action game a spectacle fighter and a bullet hell. And it was just really fun to play. Like, all the controls are really tight. It's very much you have an attack, a gun move, a parry, and a dodge. And it's just, you've got to know the exact move for the exact situation. Very reflex-based. It was just really good fun. And, I mean, the boss 
The boss I fought, which was the very first boss, had like four stages and each one was getting more and more ridiculous. The final one, it was filling the screen with projectiles. I had to basically shoot projectiles, dodge through, dodge back and then slash him. It was really good. The only uh, criticism I had was it was the enemy, well not the enemy, the boss was very uh, health spongy. I Hopefully in the full game it's not so much that because I could just pick up health wherever. Whenever you parried successfully your health bar would fill a lot. So I think for the sake of the demo, I never dropped, they made it easier, and I don't think I dropped below full health the whole thing. And the the boss, I think, because they wanted to keep you there for a while, I think they might have inflated the boss health. So hopefully in the full release it'll be a bit bit better. But the art style was really good as well, kind of glitch punk, sort of very bright colours, bright blues, bright purples, but also like a glitchy theme to it, lots of neon, so that was quite good. I know it's coming to PS4, and I think it's PS4 exclusive. It may come to PC, but it's coming out this summer. And if you like your spectacle fighters, I think it's definitely one to check out. Right. It did look pretty cool. Whilst you were playing that, though, uh, this was another one of those games I got flagged down to play. Um, it was Tricky Towers. Basic description is a multiplayer competitive Tetris. Oh, um, I was going to ask, is every game you've mentioned so far 2D? Uh no no st- most of them are three yeah two three strength of the sword is I've kind of had my indie perspective warps recently so everything has to be a two D side scroller in some capacity no no strength of the sword's like a you know your your standard third person action game type thing yeah and so's fury so's fury's three yeah. D third person um so yeah uh this tricky towers thing anyway. It was a four-player... Like, basically, there was another few people already playing it, and it's four players, so he just handed me a controller, and I was like, all right, fine, play this. Um, basically, it's... <laughs> Sounds so thrilled. It, it, I wasn't at first, but it was great in the end. Um, You're like a guy who likes Tetris. Have a controller. <laughs> so, it's Tetris, but it's a race up to the top. You have to build a tower, and it has to be structurally stable. So, if you put stupid stuff in place, and then, like, overhanging, and then put something on the overhang bit... It's going to topple, take some of your tower down, and you've got to keep going again. Um, and it's a race to the top. Oh, like, there's three modes, but the, the first mode I played was, like, a race to this finish line. Um, and along the way, there's certain checkpoints. And when you get to those checkpoints, you get a, a magic ability. You can either use... And you can either basically choose light magic or dark. Light magic helps your tower in some way. Um, so you can either, like, blow up a piece of yours that's not helping or you can use like vines to attach to everything and stabilize it in that area um and then dark magic screws with everyone else's towers in some way and is incredibly fun so like you can turn their pieces into giant versions of themselves that just won't stack with anything nicely or all kinds of stuff um and it was just a really really fun party game uh and then local co-op it's local co-op and online. And this is the thing. There's another game that me and Sam will talk about in a bit that is only local co-op and not online. And I think that's going to be one of the things that hurts it. Uh, but this, I checked, and it's going to have online co-op as well. Uh, but but it was four-player local. Um, it was really fun. And then the, the other modes were there's a survival mode where it's basically everybody keeps building a tower until you drop a piece, until a piece falls off. Oh, and then right. the number of pieces you got down is your score. Um, oh. and then there's a third mode which is basically you've got to keep your tower as low as possible like the last person to cross the line wins mm. uh, but if you if you lose a piece and it falls off your entire tower gets raised up so you can't just chuck everything and win that way it is, it's a really cool little party game um, yeah. 
Yeah, just you explaining it to me just makes me think of uh, Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine. I'm thinking more like the more drinks you have, the more incredibly difficult every part of that game. Yeah, basically. it's gonna. It, we played a lot of games that were like Mario Party type stuff. You know, you get a few people yeah. around, everyone can be on one screen easily and just mess around. Um, so the other one that we played was Overcooked, which is coming... Uh, Soon, I think, to fairly soon Xbox, soon, yeah. PS4, and PC. Um, it basically plays. It's like if Cooking Mama got a bit crazy. Uh, so I had a couple of drinks with WarioWare. Yeah, no, awesome. So it's it's like a, a cooperative multiplayer game where you're in a, a kitchen and you've got to make orders. So, like, say you got to make, we had to make soups, and it'll be like the order come up, and it'll say like, we need an onion soup and a tomato soup. So somebody's got to get the ingredients, cut them, put them in the pan when it's ready. Got to wait for the, the pan to cook. Yeah, plate it up. Got to clean the plate bowls. It. And it every like we started off on a normal level, which was just a normal kitchen, and then every subsequent level gets like a new gimmick. So another one was you're making food in the back of a van. And it'll occasionally go over a You've speed bump and all pants. the stuff will go over it. Yeah. You've unlocked Another spatulas. One, yeah. yeah, we had one in space where you had to one one person. Well, it, I think it will be four players. So two people are on one side of the space station and two people on the other, and you have to send stuff to each other through these special like lift right. rooms. Oh, cool! Don't they know that cooking so in space is very bad? Yeah, so you'd have to like me and Ian were on one side, and the developer was on the other. So we'd have to like chop all the vegetables, send it over to him to cook it. He'd have to send the pots back. We had to plate them up, and then pl- you know send them out, and then he we would have to send the plates back to him to be cleaned. So you really had to work together in order to get stuff working. So the thing that was great about it is that it was a proper, it was cooperative. There was no competitive element to it. There are competitive modes, he said, but what I loved about it was it was a proper co-op game. Because I find co-op games are usually it's co-op, but you're still competing to be the best to get the best score. You know, sure. Now this one was yeah. pure. You had to work together in order to get a good score. Because it's not like you don't get individual scores in the normal mode. It's all you get a certain amount of stars for uh, finishing the mission. I'm just imagining um, a bunch of blokes all going, "Yeah, you got to cook the, you got to clean the dishes the best." And it's like you don't fucking clean dishes in real life. <laughs> yeah, you do it now. It was literally. Oh, it was actually Ian, scrub that dish. We need to Quick, serve get more the get, Put it on the flash. Yeah. Do it. Just running around with chopped tomatoes in my hand. Like, where's the pot? Where's the yeah. pot? Where's <laughs> the pot? And also, there's a, if you click the Y button, it swears. So there was just a swear button, which is always... I remember I get, kept getting that mixed up with the scrub button. <laughs> so I was trying to scrub <laughs> some dishes and I was just swearing. Seriously, fuck you. What, what did you just say? <laughs> the Gordon Ramsay button. Yeah, and the standard, also just the art style was really sweet. That all the normal chefs look like the Swedish chef at the Muppets. Nice. And then <laughs> for some reason, there is a hedgehog in a wheelchair as one of your chefs, which, <laughs> which Ian played as. Which so is it's quite the swearing replaced by Hurdy Gurdy. Hurdy Schnurdy. Hurdy Schnurdy. Hurdy Push the button. Port, port. Port, port. Oh, I love it already. I want it. <laughs> yeah, it's coming out soon. Looked very fun. Unfortunately, Looks though. Funny. At launch, only local co-op, no online. Um, and I think that'll hurt. Are there plans? They they basically said depends how it sells. If 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 there's a market that's a, for that's it, that's a risky move. It is. I I think they should just go with online. Confirm it because mm. at the moment I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it because me and Tina can play that together. My my partner. Yeah. Like, um, but it it's one I really think would benefit from some online co-op. 
There is another game that have that same problem, which I played called Bears Can't Drift, which is like a oh yeah kart racer. Oh, I remember that and, one. And with that, it's a, you know it's quite a sweet design, so it doesn't have any menus in it. Everything's told visually. I think he, uh, I was talking to the designer. I'm going to do a big write up about me chatting with him. He said that we wanted to design it so it didn't have to go through localization and anyone could just pick it up and play. And it was quite, and it's designed only using Unreal 4's visual design engine. It's called Blueprint. So there's no coding in it used whatsoever. It's all made through. The guy who made it is mainly an artist. So he'd make all the assets himself, port them into Blueprint, and then just put them in. And it seems like a game that, again, would benefit from um, online being a kart racer. I mean, look at the success of like Mario Kart 8 and even Sega All Stars. The problem is he doesn't have any because he doesn't know how to code it in. So he's <laughs> at, yeah, he's had to say, look, I'm going to see how far the game does on launch, see if it does well, because I know it's on Steam Early Access at the moment and it's done pretty well. So it's coming out on PS4 and I think the bone later on. I can't be says, bothered to learn how to do it. I'm going to do it my way. Fuck you yeah, guys. Yeah, pretty much he said, I'm going to wait until the initial sales come out and people like the core game enough. And then if it's successful and loads of people are asking for it. I mean, people are already asking for it, but he doesn't want to have to you know, invest loads more money to put in an online mode that only like 20 people are going to play. Yeah, I can understand that. Yeah. Yeah. So. But it was a fun little game, a lot like Crash Team Racing. Crash Team Racing was the closest kart racer. Bit of Donkey Kong, Diddy Kong Racing in there as well. But uh, no, it was quite fun, very sweet, good for kids. Good if you want a good kart racer for your kids. Good, good for kids. Pick. Yeah. Uh, what else did we play? I suppose it's my turn to pick one. Oh, Worms WMD. Uh, so oh, yeah. everybody knows Team Seventeen. They got one game and they make it repeatedly forever. Um. But <laughs> just like Dynasty Warriors. They have made some sensible choices with this one, and I think it has a better chance of being successful than some of the more recent entries. They're basically looking at it and going, right, everybody loves Worms Armageddon. Let's go back to Worms Armageddon. Um, so they're removing all the worm classes that they added recently. They're gone. None of that rubbish. No big fat worm. No skinny worm. No science worm. It's just, just standard worms again. Yeah, it's just your worms. They got rid of the water physics stuff. I did like the water physics. I liked it as a gimmick, but yeah, it, I'm okay with it being gone in replace of, you know, tightening everything up. Um, they've gone back to the old rope physics. They've said, you know, everybody's hated the rope physics for a while. We get that. We're going back to how it was in Armageddon, where you can, you know... Pinging just, around at a thousand miles an hour. Yeah, you can be Doing a some ninja. sick flips. Yeah. Uh, the new additions are essentially vehicles. Um, so there's like tanks and helicopters and stuff littered around the map. You can go <laughs> so we're not them. we're getting rid of the faff of scientists and heavies, but fuck it, we've got tanks now. Yeah, essentially, but the tank it's it's just a weapon you find on the map. You don't get to keep the tank. Oh, you get to keep the tank in that you stay in it. But any oh, enemy worm can just walk up and kick you out of it and steal it and then take it and shoot you. So Spartan it. style from Halo. Yeah. Essentially, yeah, and you can also jacked. just blow it up as well. Yeah, and that's the thing. I the tank does a lot of damage with its shots, uh, but it. You know, it's a big target. You're not going to miss with your holy hand. It does sound like they're trading one sort of faff for another sort of faff, though. A little bit, but it's... Getting rid of the physics and classes to replace it with tanks and aircraft, possibly? Yes, there is a helicopter. Um, But I I found it worked really well. Um, Like, I, you know, I tried the helicopter and I tried the tank, and it didn't seem overpowered. It didn't seem needlessly tacked on. Yeah, it was just a thing on the map that you could use. Is it another gimmick? 
it's a gimmick, but it's one I don't mind, and it's one that doesn't get in the way of the the core stuff. I guess it's more like one of those things where, like, let's say for example, you're in a map that has like all these cricket bat things because like it's a cricket themed map, but like then then you just have this vehicle there that's just a part of the environment that you can just jump in on. Yes, basically, it just it just comes in on the map. Uh, but one of the interesting things you touch on there is they've gotten rid of some of the. The, the the themes aren't going to be quite so silly anymore. Yeah, no maps made of cheese. Yeah, anymore. so the, the oh, themes have got nothing wrong with the I know. maps made of cheese. I know. I, I'm kind of sad at this, but at the same time, they've got a whole new art style to come with it, and I I oh, like the new enough. art style. But yeah, basically, Ian Cam and Bear, the old art style. No. Ah, <sighs> uh, get out! Just, just get out. <laughs> we're not doing puns, all right? We're not. We're better than that. We're not going there. Yeah. We're not going there. We're, we're, not we're better though. than that. We can at least a couple of episodes of the podcast before we resort to puns. Um, I think we should let people know what they're in for right away. None of this is like beating around the bush. So the art styles are... There's The one I played on was called Yorkshire. And yeah, it's basically like a sort of British dad's army Yorkshire type pudding. Thing. Nice. Uh, and then all, the rest of them are based on different world locations. So there'll be like an America one, a Germany one, a Japan one. They're going for that kind of World War Two vibe with it. Oh, right. Um, but it played really well. I enjoyed it. Um, I played against um, one of uh, Team 17's PR people, uh, Bethany. She's really nice. And she sort of showed me through the ropes of the game. And it, it was really good. I enjoyed myself a lot more than I have done with... Uh, or a lot more than I did with Battlegrounds, which was the last Worms, um, which I just I just did didn't you do the click. With me. I did. It was all right. It just didn't click with me. It just felt like Worms, another, and the stuff that added wasn't that great. Like, do you remember? Was it? Oh, was it? What was the one you Revolutions, where they had the guy yeah, from? Oh, is it IT Crowd? They had oh, it had Matt Berry in it. Matt yeah, Berry, there you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but then they got for the next one they got the the woman in whose name I don't know either, um, and it just kind of felt like they were just trying to copy that, and it's, I just didn't click with me. Um, so this new one looks pretty good. I mean, at the end of the day, it's Worms. You either like the Worms games or you don't. Yeah, uh, I'm surprised the amount of mileage they've had out of that one formula for the last oh twenty years. Yeah, it's one of those simple things, but it's. It works. It's, it's pretty much always fun. So yeah. you're always going to have a good time playing. Yeah, games. and I imagine when it comes out, we'll uh, we'll end up making some videos playing it. So oh, yeah, get the old crew back together. Yeah, get like, the old like you got to have the rematch. You know, yeah. Bring back Shizzle Humphreys by popular demand. Uh, no, Shizzle. Shizzle. We actually we actually talked to Sean. He was uh, he yeah because he was there oh, as yeah, part of, of his game camp thing. Yeah. Uh, for listeners who don't know, Sean used to write for the, uh, the website, and then he went off to mm. become a games developer. Yes, so, you can yeah. find out more about Sean if you checked out my Naked Soul run on the YouTube channel. Because it was basically us on Dark Souls Two, and Bit me of... playing the entire game without wearing armor. Or just check out some of the old Worms videos and see him be possibly a little bit racist. Everyone's Maybe. a little bit racist. It's it's fine. Avenue Q. Yeah. Simple as. <laughs> yes. That is a great show. Might as well way. talk about VR as well. Yes. Uh, before we go to VR, we might as well finish the not VR games. There's one more in that I we, we saw Banner Saga 2 and I did. Oh, yeah. I interviewed, uh, full names escape me, but Arnie and John, who is uh, basically 
lead the the programmer and the artist um, behind Banasaga. Yes, from Stoic. Uh, really great guys. Really great interview. As soon as I've transcribed it, I hate transcribing things so much. It'll be up on the site. Um, so be sure to check that out. And have we'll they have mentioned a any huge major differences from the previous game? Because I remember, say for example, a lot of the maps they didn't really have any. All the maps were exactly the same. There was nothing to avoid, nothing you wanted to get. Um, nothing other than turtling in a corner and smacking them down one by one. From what I've played of Banner Saga 2, there's a little bit of like, there's some like terrain and stuff. Um, like the the enemies were attacking some of the terrain as well to destroy it. So there is there is sort of like cover and strategic elements. Um, from what I gather, the main, I mean, it's it's more of a a continuing story thing rather than a you know, iterative sequel type thing. It's more that it was Banner Saga Part 1, this is Part 2. Oh, right. Yeah, but there were a few gameplay issues from the first one that were especially bad, such as it's better to leave low-power enemies alive than to bother killing them just so they wasted turns. So it's a bit yeah. counterintuitive, so instead of wanting to kill anything, you decided to leave them all alive and then go, yeah, I guess it's about time to smack everything. I do not know. We'll find out when we do the review, which will be soon, because it's out soon. Um, Insert soon. But yeah, I'd like they've added, there's a new race coming in. Um, th- yeah, there's Dissentor dudes. Yeah, they were heavily hinted up in the first game, so I was, wasn't surprised when they turned up in the trailers. Yeah, so there'll be them, and it's without delving into spoiler territory, you know, there's some decisions you can have made in the first game that'll decide what's going on in this one, and it it looks really great. Um, so, and it was, like I said, it was a great interview, great to talk to them. Obviously really passionate about their game, you know, you ask them a question, they'll talk for 20 minutes. Yeah, I was just kind of fi- fl- floating in the background while you were doing, and they were going on. They, they really wanted to talk about the game. Yeah, so, really great guys. So, that interview will be up at some point. Nice um, all right, moving on to VR then. Okay, should I go first VR? on this? Yeah, you go first because yours is kind of a big more. And, and as we're leading into this, all I have in my head is the old school TV show VR Troopers. Oh, <laughs> we are VR Troopers. Three, you you watch some obscure end. stuff, man. I, yeah. I'm a fan of old school TV classics. I just, no. yeah. I wouldn't call that a classic when only five people did. <laughs> well, it, was, it was more like it tried to be Power Rangers, but it obviously failed. Uh, anyway, obscure 90s television aside. Uh, so Who I've... else has heard of Reboot? <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> Shut up with your old television. VR, please. Uh, anyway, yeah. So I've used VR before. I've used the Oculus Rift. Um, and I was very impressed by it. Uh, but I wasn't. I wasn't so sure about PlayStation VR because the the kind of rig you need to use the Rift is very expensive and a lot more powerful than a PlayStation. Um, so I was worried that either the frames, you know, like it's, you're going to get that motion sickness thing, or graphically it was going to be very underwhelming in order to to avoid being, you know, a big vomit fest. Um, but I played rigs. Uh, first thing about the actual headset itself, very comfortable. Uh, yeah, not, I can agree. Not it's, heavy. It's very comfortable to put on. Like it, I've it, heard it's been quite harsh for people who wear glasses. I did not find it too bad. I wear glasses, um, and essentially, the only problem I had is it was kind of a... We had quick slots. It was very much a get in, play your game, get out. You know, here's your poster, go away. Um, <laughs> 
but uh, I had to sort of, as a, as a result, you didn't have the, the headset focused for you. You can sort of yeah. pull it in and out yourself and do that, basically, though. Um, and after a little while, I sort of nudged it myself and got it properly in focus, and it was great. Um, but yeah, when I would put mine on, it wasn't quite in focus, so I had to do a bit of jiggery-pokery in order to get it working. did work near the end, but again, with the quick slots, it was just put the headset on, go. Um, but it is amazing how quickly you your actual surroundings melt away and you're just like, right, this is my life now. This is where I am. So, uh, Sounds Riggs, a little creepy. Riggs is a mech combat game, but they're sort of like, you know, the last Matrix film, the, the mechs where you, you're actually exposed, you're not in a... Cockpit. Knuckle up. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so it was kind of like, you guys sat there, if you can imagine, with like hands in front, basically where your controller would be if you sat down, and then he's got his hands on two joysticks. So as you're looking around, you see your hands down there, and they are basically where they are in real life, and basically in the same position. And even though it's not exact, it's close enough to fool you into looking down and thinking they're your hands. And then the really weird thing is like sort of looking down at your chest. So your character's wearing like a sort of pro motorcycling, you know, like jumpsuit type thing. I'm oh. looking down at my chest, and I'm like, I know that's not what I'm wearing. But for the life of me, my brain cannot get around the fact that I'm wearing that. Like, I so just... it's kind of like your <laughs> sponsored mech rider. Yeah, I was just looking down. I was like, yeah, that's me now. I am in the virtual world. I Being sponsored I... for America's next top mech pilot. Yeah, and oh my god, it's immersive Like, is a, a word that's getting thrown around a lot with VR. Very immersive. Like, It's just in there straight away. Um, and then I got to play the game itself. It's a multiplayer competitive kind of sports thing so it's mech combat but basically you have an overcharge bar that charges up when you kill people um, and then once it gets to a certain point you go into overcharge mode and then you can run and jump into like a big basketball hoop in the middle and if you go through that you score um, and then you can stop the enemy team by scoring by like shooting them or you can punch them out of the way when they're trying to jump in uh, and there's apparently repulsor weapons although I didn't get to mess with them Sounds a bit Titanfall-y. Um, yeah, that kind of sort of mech combat. It felt very similar to Titanfall. The weird thing is, so you move with the left stick and you turn the mech with the right stick, but you aim by looking. Like, you actually have to look at your target and your guy will Ooh. aim at it. Very, very cool. Um, occasionally counterintuitive, but it's because I'm used to not doing that. Um, but but how would you feel... If you played it instead with two actual joysticks, like the the flight style ones, I don't know. I mean, that's basically what the character was using, um, and I imagine it would be extremely cool. Uh, but you know, they're not going to rig all that up. <laughs> oh god, no! Get it. Especially after Steel Battalion. Yeah. Oh, no, just wait till oh, those guys oh, with ludicrous here's, amounts. Here's of my money. outside bet: Get if VR goes really well, Steel Battalion's getting revived for the Xbox. Well, yeah, that's the thing that we yeah, said because yeah. From Software is on the development list for VR yeah. titles, so they're going to make some kind of mech game. Yeah. It's all right. No one remembers the Connect uh, version of Steel <laughs> Battalion. No, but no, it didn't no. happen. No. Um, but yeah, anyway, Riggs, really, really good fun. Um, I only played against AI, sadly, even though it's a multiplayer thing. But it was, I guess it's kind of just so that you don't get, go in there and get trashed by, you know, some kid and think, oh, okay, that was rubbish. Uh, but it was really good fun. The controls worked for the most part. I, like, occasionally I'd find myself trying to t- 
turn with the stick rather than like uh, and not looking as well and it was kind of weird but i got used to it very quickly and i i wasn't sold on psvr now i am i'm i'm pretty sure i'm going to get one this year so very good demo uh, here's the thing PSVR is being sold as a separate unit, which you add onto a PS4, correct? Yes. Yeah. Uh, but it, it is and not. We have the rumours of the PS4K, which are bollocks. No, I was going to say it would make sense if they also built in PSVR into this rumoured PS4K. Uh, I, 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 we don't have time on this podcast to explain all the reasons that PS4K is not happening this year. It's next time. Oh, I didn't say this year. Um, I, everybody's convinced it's happening this year. I, I've said many a time, and I'll say it on record, I will eat Belgium if it comes out this year. All of Belgium. Are we talking like just a cup of Belgian dirt? Or? No, all no, of Belgium. I will start at the coast and work in. So I don't think Belgish is a word. Belgish is Belgish. a word. Belgiumish. Like, it's not happening because they, they're selling the PSVR... That's what yeah. people are going to. They want people to spend their money on. They're not going to compete with themselves for people's money. They're not going to go. You could either buy a PS4K or the PSVR. They want everyone to get the PSVR, so it's, it's not happening. And the poor uh, suckers who'll buy a rumored PS4K plus the PSVR have more money than cents. Yeah. Yeah. Don't get... that, again, in that case, people just buy the Oculus. Yeah, that's they the thing. Buy the PSVR. If you look at that kind of ah, but then would they also need a good PC? You you know you'd be halfway there the money you'd be spending True. on a PS4K and the PS4K may be a thing but all it is is a PS4 with a 4K Blu-ray player there Pretty is much. no way it is a an upgraded machine a la well anyway 3DS. the rumours call it the PS4.5 apparently that was the Kotaku scoop yeah. not the PS4K they're definitely not going with that's the worst name of all time Yeah, uh, <laughs> I didn't think it's that bad PS4.5 that is that does not invoke PS4 any Slim It'll be a PS4 Slim or the PS4K works, uh, but it's only going to be an upgrade to the, the DVD drive, mm. the Blu-ray drive. Yeah, because uh, everyone's assuming it's going to be some magical PC-killing machine. No, that, it's not possible. Happen. No, because there the, is not for that no amount of money. There is no way you can make a console that run at 4K, play 4K half decently. No, not. I mean, you could maybe make something that not even top end PCs can do it. Not well. Not of a moment. Yeah, no. not well, and only on certain games if they have the ability to yeah. crossfire. Yeah, but it, it's like, it's just not happening. Plus, like, do you really why need would a Sony console with two Nvidia Titans shoved in there? Sony again are going for some guy VR. Out there why would yeah. they double down on 4K as well at the same time? It's it's oh, it's bizarre. I don't get why people are believing all this, especially after we. Just got on the off the back of those NX rumors. Ha, yeah. Like ha, ha, ha. we can see how easy it is to rile everyone up, and people have just gone, "Oh, they got us!" and now they're getting got again. No, it's it's a case of I want to believe. <sighs> yeah, it's so easy for people to make a leak now. It is that just don't believe anything you hear until E3 happens. Yeah. Especially when you get the leaked footage trailers, which really is just, "Hi, we decided to do this announcement on the cheap." Yeah. Yeah. But, oh look, yeah. someone accidentally found five minutes of leaked, say, Mario footage. Oh, oh dear. no! Andrew House walks out on stage. He's like, "And here's the PS4K. It's twice as powerful as the PS4. I'll I'll make my way down to Belgium and I'll just start eating because it's mic, not happening." Walks away. Yeah. He just walks out into the crowd and just hands you some Belgium tickets yeah. and you go, "Have fun." Yeah. Honestly, yeah. John Renault will meet you at the airport. 
Yeah. So that was the thing. I saw a. I read up an interview involving a developer. I believe it was a developer with Bethesda. I could have been wrong. And um, in the interview, they were asked about, oh, what do you think about PlayStation 4.5? Do you think it's a thing? And from a developer's point of view, what do you think? He openly just said, if if they're actually going to go forward with that, as a developer, it's the biggest F you you could do. Because you're basically oh, saying... Bioware, Bioware, yeah, what... I was just going to say. Yeah, that was it, that was it. Yeah, because they were just saying how it's the biggest, most stupid idea you could do halfway through a console cycle. I mean, just split split your user base even more. I yeah. mean, look at the new 3DS thing, which has just kind of died on its own. Well, I think all these things, like Phil Spencer was talking about, he sort of sowed the seeds of this iterative thing. What I think he's getting at, essentially, is just shorter console generations. I think we're looking at a yeah. five-year gen, and I'm okay with it. Last We had eight fucking years last time, and that was too long, and it showed. Do you think that the answer might be, because if you have shorter console gen, that's a lot of people getting burnt out quicker because these things cost a lot of money. What about if you go back to the sort of Sega era where you could slap on some oh, new bit God, of modular no. kit? No, modular consoles are going to be a waste of money. Possibly some kind of... Did you ever see that um, concept piece that an artist drew up for essentially a modular phone? Where it, oh, it, yeah. And, and, you know, you could just like... Something like that, which definitely can't be done, but if it could, something like that would be all right. Something where yeah, so like it if was someone a core went, console and you could for just... For 100 quid, you can the double GPU the out. graphical power of your Xbox. Here yeah. you go. That'd be so cool. basically kind of like the console version of a Raspberry Pi. Yeah. A little bit, yeah. But it's, again, people buy consoles so they don't have to do that shit. Um, and it's true. just not going to... Like what I think he's alluding to is shorter console gens and yeah. basically keeping the, the uh, x86 architecture going forward so that it's a lot easier for devs to... Rather than having to make two completely different versions like you would do between the 360 and the 1, between, say, the 1 and the 2... It would just be unified console it would just sets. Be, yeah, you just make it for the 1 with low settings, make it for the 2 with medium or high Beef settings. Beef it up a yeah. bit. Yeah. Um, and whilst it's still going to be some work, it's less work than at the moment where like 360 versions were farmed out to entirely different developers... And it was a it was well, a whole different whole game. PS3 problem with that architecture that was just completely different to anything that came before. So I think going forward, if they just do it on an architecture which is like PC, where it's just oh we can beef up the settings between versions, yeah. that will just make cross-platform stuff so much easier to do. Yeah. So again, Belgium. If I'm wrong, sorry, you're gonna have to move. You have been warned, Belgium. Uh, you have until E3 to comply. Yeah. But I, I, that's just not happening. Uh, I might as well talk about super hype. Anyway, yes, that's the last. Back thing, to VR. Cause... Yeah. Now, I was going with the more abstract version of VR, which was super hypercube, which was explained to me as hole in the wall meets Tetris meets VR, and it's a very simple puzzle game where you simply get a block in front of you, and a wall is advancing fast, and you've got to fit the block through the wall. But, but the problem is the block blocks your view of the hole. Oh. So you literally have to look round the block with the VR on in order to see what's coming towards oh, you. Oh, that's pretty cool. And a, 
And yeah, you use the controls to rotate the block around, so you have to kind of fit the block to fit the hole. So, uh, and then you have to lock in. You have to. You can hit a speed up button in order to make it fly through the hole. And uh, the graphics were very much like something a bit like Res, and a bit like you know the bit in a two thousand one A Space Odyssey where it has all the colours flying yeah. past it. Oh yeah, yeah. When you would speed up on certain, if you did a certain block change at a certain time, that would go past you, and it would just feel it was really psychedelic. And I was kind of blown away when I'd see all the colours fly past. But as a proof of concept for VR, kind of like abstract VR, not like oh, I can see myself when I look down. I thought it was a great little demo. Again, I don't think it would, you know, it's not going to sell copies. You're not going to go out and buy a PSVR to play Super Hypercube. Mm. But it's a good proof of concept to see how you could do cool stuff. And I, it sold me on the concept of VR when I'd only really played a, a very version, a very early version of the Oculus with like a, a point and click adventure game. It didn't really come across well. Well, this one actually used VR when I had to like move my head to look around the block and rotate stuff. Mm. Really fun. I'm sold on VR now, but. For me personally, I'm still looking for that one game that sells me on VR, like that one core game. We all game know what game gonna it's going to be as well. Yeah, it'll be like No Man's Sky. Just announce like it. It's going to yeah. be, if it's happening, it's happening at E3. It'll be one of Sony's still big... Still not 100% sold on No Man's Sky. It's like I hear a lot of yeah, things, but yeah. I'm not... Like, it's not a survival game. I've gotten that far with it, but I've played Elite Dangerous, and I've played Rust, and I don't enjoy either of those games, so why am I going to enjoy something between both of them? I I do enjoy those kind of games. I enjoy Elite Dangerous. Uh, there's something else we saw but didn't play at um, Resd actually is uh, coming to the Xbox oh, One. Everspace. Uh, not Everspace, but that is great. But um, Subnautica. Oh, yeah. Which is no, essentially No, no Man's Open Sky. Open video games. No, thank you. Yeah, see, I like that. I, I really like the look of Subnautica. And it's basically underwater No Man's Sky. Yeah, it's been on Steam for a while now. Yeah, um, and this the, VR works very well with that kind of exploration. Like, it's very easy to get in that world and be like, "Wow, you know." Look I, at the I, fish. Ooh. Yeah, and I I think just the experience and the emotion of it is enough to drive that kind of game, um, especially for people. But who is it enough to sell a whole it. platform on? I think yeah. No Man's Sky. They're already doubled in down on it this year. As you know, it's going to be one of the Sony's big, big releases. Indie. I mean, it's not even a, it's a full price release at this point, you know, it's a... Uh, yeah, it's, which did cause a minor uproar. I'm fine with it. I, I look at that no, and I'm I think, yeah, that's a full price release. Yeah. That's Charge as much as people would think to buy for it, and people are going, some people are going absolutely frenzied over No Man's Sky, so full price release is more than fine. Yeah, like, who was I at Two Sex? I need to dig it out. Yeah, I was talking to uh, Joe Brammer, who is developer on Numa and the Turing Test that comes soon. He was sort of talking about how he thought um, Papers, Please was amazing. And should be worth like thirty quid at least, but people wouldn't pay that because of graphics things. And I'm like, you can't just say a game's really fun; it should be worth more. It's it's yeah. got to come down to production values and the, the size of the team that made it, and you know all yeah. that kind of stuff. The cost consideration. Yeah, it's a similar factors. issue that yeah. happened with when Firewatch came out. Because people went, oh, only like five people made this game, and it's six hours long. Why should I pay fifteen pounds for that? And the whole with that Dragon Cancer as well, when they were talking about Let's Plays and the fact that Let's Plays almost ruined that game for them because people would just go, oh, I'm not going to buy it now because I've seen seen the whole thing. You see, the problem I have with that argument, we're segueing a bit here, but the problem I have with that argument is 
if your game can be fully or pretty much fully experienced by watching it, it's probably not a great game. It, it may be a great experience, but a game should require me to be involved in it for me yeah. to get the full experience out of it, I think. And I, I, I like these walking simulator type things. I really do. I, But my problem with them as games at the moment is they don't add anything. They take it away. They remove yeah. gameplay and don't replace it. They just think... Yeah. See, the problem with you talking about streaming is, for the most part, we are, even though we are in our 20s, we are part of the old boys club yeah, we are. where we still enjoyed gaming before things like PewDiePie. Oh, yeah. so watch... it's kind of like old man shakes fist at Sky. Oh, are you kids Ooh. and you streaming? Not you could playing watch your somebody, games. You could watch somebody play. I don't know the division, and like it, regardless of your thoughts on the division, you could enjoy them watching them play. But you're not really getting the experience of the division by watching yeah. them play. You've got to play it. Um, I don't know. Whereas, I do find that game pretty boring. Yeah, like I said, regardless of thoughts on it, it's just an example. Like it's a game where gameplay is a part of it. It's it's a core part of the experience, whereas there are some games that it just isn't. And I think with the whole streaming thing, is a lot of people are more in it for the chat of the host rather than the game itself. Like the majority of streams that if I do watch something, I'm not actually watching the gameplay. I'm just listening to the person talking. So, mm. and if well, I want to play something, I'll be. just go play it. Why yeah. do a lot of streamers then get requests on which games they play next? Yeah, like they go, oh, play this just... terrible game. It's it's just down to at their reaction. One because because you know the biggest problem that I've seen now, and I've been doing the whole YouTube thing since well the pre days of let's playing. So uh, before the reckoning of Total Biscuit, the rise of PewDiePie, and all that jazz. And uh, I'm making it sound as if I'm really old now. Great, uh, but who cares? Uh, and you just see it now where. You either stream a game or you become popular, and then at some point down the line, you'll get offers or you'll get um, poised down by people through social media saying, oh, you should do this because this guy did this one thing and apparently it's this bad or it's this good. And I, as far as I know, like I'm obviously the go-to media guy for VGU. I, I stream, I do my stuff... I pretty much do it on a basis of if a new game comes out, yeah, sure, I'll do some stuff on it. But for the most part, I'm going to mostly cover games where I find fun and I want to express that fun and share that fun with the people at home. Whilst a lot of people are just going to be doing X game because X game is popular at this current moment in time because it is either A, good, B, bad, or C, everyone's doing it. <laughs> Minecraft. Yeah, but the that's why they get the multi-million yeah. amounts of money, because if they're, people are asking for it, they're going to want that. They're going to look at it. They're going to make the money. That's their job is the difference. Yeah. yeah. So like Dark Souls 3, everyone's going to be streaming it right now because everyone wants to see it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, anyway, what was our original thing that we segued all the way over Yeah, here? VR's good. VR? Like Jesus VR. Christ, how did we do that? I have no experience with VR yet. I it's was yet. going to Not ask. Really good. Yeah, I was going to ask one question about VR now because uh, oh, quickly. Um, so you guys have obviously now tried out PSVR. Um, have you guys also tried out the other VR headsets like the HTC Vice or the Oculus? We, I Vive. saw the Vive 
being demoed when they were playing Giant Cop, which is a game I saw back at last year's res and I thought was really good. But they changed it to the Vive, so you wear the headset and you actually now become the Giant Cop. Yeah, and you get those nice hand things, don't you? Yeah, and I think it looked so much worse as a VR game compared to when it was just a traditional mouse and keyboard game because it became just that gimmick thing of, oh, look, I can pick up a human and throw them. It just became more of a tech demo rather than a game about like a pseudo-RTS. I mean, the technology looks kind of cool, but again, it's the whole, it seems at the moment people are just using it for glorified tech demos rather than creating anything worthwhile. Yeah, that's why I haven't been sold on uh, any VR yet, because everything I've seen either looks like a five-minute distraction, which looks cool, and I'd give it a go, but in half an hour I'm done with it forever, or it's a game which I can already play without a headset, pretty much just To sell VR to the masses is going to be... Call of Duty. It's going to happen at some point. It's not even that yeah. difficult for them to do. We just need a console that can do it. Can I get you to eat another country on? Uh, yeah, sure. Pick Norway's it. open. I'm going to be, I'm gonna be full. Yeah, Luxembourg. Yeah, it's Luxembourg's a smaller claim. Small. Uh, no, I don't be, think Call of Duty is going to change anything when it comes to VR. They aren't going to make a VR-only Call of Duty, so there's no impetus for them to make They're that They're not going to make it VR-only. You'll, you'll get the equivalent But they'll make it, it work yeah. with VR. Because um, that's basically, essentially, VR is easy for a shooter. It, it doesn't require any big thinking. It's just, fuck it, we'll put it in VR. And I think Activision are waiting until there's a console that can do it properly. I don't think at the moment, P- place, anything on PSVR is pretty stylized at the moment because you couldn't do realistic graphics and have it look impressive enough. Um, so I think this is going to be a a next, you know, Xbox 2, PS5 type oh, thing. Man. That's when it's going to... Yeah, uh, but it's going to be one of the big people getting on board with it. It might be Call of Duty, it might be Destiny, it might be Titanfall by then, might have risen up. It'll be whatever's the big shooter at the time will take a stab. It won't be exclusive, but it will work with it. Um, and I think that'll be the I don't think VR is going to really get that big. I think it will remain relatively niche. I mean, you've got a lot of buzz for it and a lot of uh, articles with VR in it. They apparently don't really get that many that many hits compared to a lot of other articles. Well, it's the thing like at GDC this year, apparently halls were just full of VR things. Everybody wanted to talk about it. But I think it might be like the next big thing. I think the bubble's going to burst at some point. The difference between this and all the other gimmicks we've had before, though, is that... All the other gimmicks like Connect and Wii, they didn't appeal to core gamers. They appealed to an extra audience. VR is one that's built for core gamers. It's the one that your massive nerds like us are going to latch on to. And that's the best way to get... Like, like the, the PlayStation 4's popularity is not as a result of anything special. It's because they pleased the core to begin with, and word of mouth from everybody you know who's, you know, you you listen to your nerdy friend when deciding on tech stuff, and everybody's nerdy friend was like, yeah, PlayStation 4, brilliant, way to go. I think that's going to happen with VR as well. I think it's going to trickle down, but as a result, the, the game, like you said, there is no game that properly latches on to the, the core at the moment. They're all tech demo-y things. We but need... do you think that Rockstar could go, yep, GTA 6, cool, make that VR only? 
No, I don't think that would work well. Cause... I don't think we're ever going to get VR only as a big thing. Um, but I don't think it's too much of an ask for a lot of games, especially first-person games, to have a VR I think mode. it'll work like how 100-foot robot golf is going to work, where there is just a VR component in it, but yeah. you can play it normally yeah. as well. Yeah, did you ever see that short video of the guy who modded GTA Five to work with VR? I... Yeah, or Alien Isolation. Yeah, because the way himself. he said with GTA Five was... It all played fine and dandy, but it actually ended up being really disturbing because the way that you shot people was just too realistic, and he found oh, it really yeah. worrying. Like first, even even just the first person mode, running up and like smashing someone over the head with that hammer is just very brutal in GTA. Like it is quite like ooh, oh no. No, he, the it problem he had was because tone. it reacted the way that he was holding a gun, and his gun mm. he could probably like hold it up to someone's head, and he went, "No, this is too much. I can't. Yeah. Can't do that." Um. But that's the thing, just because it wouldn't work in some games doesn't mean it's not going oh, yeah, to be yeah, I'm brilliant just saying that some, that, that, yeah, I'm highlighting one of the limits yeah. of the system, because if you want that level of brutality in a video game, there's, I don't want to say, you know, game violence is going to make you violent, because it doesn't, but you probably are a bit of a sick puppy if you go, yeah, I want a game where I can get the shotgun and put it in it's his gonna mouth. Be, it's going to be a little bit more visceral having it with a headset on than compared to with a And screen. if yeah. you have like a Vive holding it in your well, fake hands. This is the worry with VR horror, is at some point a VR horror game is going to kill someone. It is it is an inevitability. Someone <laughs> is going to have a heart attack. Yeah. Hey mum, come look at this. Yeah. Ah, dead. Yeah, like, and... Like a lot of people, I, I've seen on Twitter, a lot of people are saying like we we should prepare for this now and plan things out yeah. sensibly rather than just blustering into it with hoo hoo we can make the scariest game ever and killing someone and dealing with the repercussions. Exactly. Well, the problem is that someone's going to do it anyway because you, yeah. you basically then turn around and the internet at the moment is big on censorship even when it isn't censorship and someone's oh, just going to be like, you stop. can't tell take me to tell me not to make amnesia in VR. I'll do what I want. But I think there need to be very severe warnings, like yeah, you know, stuff you can't just oh yeah, whatever. I'm fine with it. Yeah, did you ever see those warnings on a PS One? That nice little black and light blue screen saying you must take a ten minute break every hour of gameplay. Did anyone do that? No, but essentially, if people are going to be happy to ignore the warnings, need to be there. And they need to be yeah. even more in your face than usual. They need to be they like... They probably will literally be, so someone saves a, yeah. saves a lawsuit. Yeah, just because somebody's going to die at some point, And it's... yeah. yeah. Someone's going to probably break their fist on some piece of... Like a monitor in front of them. would just be killed by falling over when yeah. they've got VR on. Walks into that wall full of knives they have hanging up. Oh uh, yeah, here's my money. If the, the first lawsuit will be against the Vive. Uh, because yeah. that's the one that requires you to walk around. Um... I don't think VR is going to explode like, say, the iPhone did. It's not just going to suddenly be the thing. But I think it's going to come onto the market healthily and just increase slowly. It's just going to be a slow burn build up mm. thing. It's going to be like the big work in progress that we'll see develop as the years yeah. come on now. I think it will remain a, a meaty niche, but still niche. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Um, so, I've had one question I did have. Um, which is why I was bringing up the HTC Vive and the Oculus Rift. Because you guys have now tried those out, I would have to ask, which one do you think now, after trying them out, is at the top? If you were to go for a VR You mean headset? by at the top? So like, I'm meaning, 
what is the VR headset you would be like in vacuum? What for VR to headset get? would you eat your country for? <laughs> if you offered me one of them, money no object, I'd take the five. It is just the best tech all around. However, it's expensive. It's you need you don't you don't just need it, you need a room to dedicate to it. You need a Vive yeah. room to play that. You need basically an Oculus Rift plus Connect space. I yeah. I would take a Rift, I think, out of any of them, because a Rift will work with PC and almost certainly work with whatever the uh the next Which is Xbox the one that is. Microsoft are Rift. going for. It's the HoloLens. Oh, okay. Oh no, they're building uh. they're building HoloLens, but they announced a partnership with both Rift and Vive, weirdly. Oh right, interesting. The problem is HoloLens is coming a bit late to the game, isn't it? Because everyone's they're they're all releasing now and they're getting it is, into the market. HoloLens is still a bit different thing. And also HoloLens mm. has more real-world application mm. than VR. It's it could be cool for some games. The game I think it's perfect for is Yu-Gi-Oh. Imagine yeah, playing Yu-Gi-Oh. You put your card down, yeah. and the monster comes out of it. But didn't the PS3 try that back at the start of no the, yeah. the, PS, the, eye and the PS Vita tried it, but it was one of those mm. if you point your Vita at it and you look through it, it would put a thing on top. It's not yeah. quite. It doesn't have that level of oh my god yeah. that like the. The problem with the HoloLens is apparently that the the field of vision you get while you're looking shit, at all these yeah. effects it's is a little yes, no, really yeah. narrow. But again, this is and that Microsoft... E3 thing we got last year was apparently just a load of smoke and mirrors. And my, it was it was showing everything rather than just a bit you can see. But Microsoft yeah. know it's not ready, and they've said they're not they're mm. giving it to developers to screw around with the tech now. It's there's a developer version out there, but they know it is nowhere near consumer ready. Mm. Um, but it's one of those. In about ten years, that'll be a commonplace tech, and that'll be amazing. And Microsoft did it first, so they'll have all the patents and stuff. Because I can already imagine it now. Like, um, for example, we'll have a League of Legends esports tournament going on, and when they're doing the highlights of a match that just happened, you'll have someone on a Oculus Rift Olympics in the next room over. Pretty much, like like he's walking around a table, looking at the matches that's happening, zooming into certain moments of the match in augmented reality. And that would just blow people's minds, but also be a great way to showcase this is what's up, you know. Yeah, it's a a cool tech, but yeah, basically for the next consoles, Xbox 2 will work with Oculus, I guarantee it. Um, It won't work with Vive. I think Microsoft announced a partnership with Vive just to get their finger in the pie. Um, I'm just going to have to say, I think we're going to have to make a notebook or a tally somewhere of predictions Ian's making on the podcast. Yes. I am, I'm being bold. We just need to I think we're on four or five Just, just by wait till point. we get to the E3 pre-show, man. I, yeah, I got a yeah. list of stuff. I'm going to have eaten... Oh, no, that's I'm when gonna I'm going to put Asia. my super cynical hat on. I, yeah. so is this no, gonna, E3 is just... So it's just going to be the Ian's E3 bingo. Yeah, I, I've i got a list. I'm going to throw my pre-one out there already, right? Microsoft's conference. No, no, save them, man. No, You've already done it. Okay, I'll leave it. I'll leave it. <laughs> like, if you want to talk E3, we'll give it a month or two. Yeah. Okay. We'll have a, I'm sure we'll have an E3 podcast. Write them down. I, have a I just think we need list. a map of all the countries that Ian is going to eat by the end of the podcast. So what do we have? Belgium. I'm hoping by the end of April, it's going to be the majority of Europe. Oh, <laughs> well, he's got Belgium and Luxembourg I am on the a list man already. of my word. These countries are going down. If Be I'm warned, wrong. you are. Because I'm not get wrong. I'm 100% right on this. No, I think you're going to have a record like Michael Pachter. Uh, Pacha, I'm not. No, no, I'm not. I'm not Pacha. Because, you know, 
Patch, Patch is actually really good at predicting stuff as long as you take the opposite he of what he says. He wasn't back when he was still with Game Trailers. No, that's what no. I mean. <laughs> you t- take the opposite of what he says, and there you go. That's what's actually going to happen. That's Patcher. So we shouldn't listen to you? No, you should listen to me because I'm right. I'm sorry, what I'm was that? I'm not Patcher. <laughs> Shut up. You, you heard it first, folks. Ian's we'll right. We'll see. Did this with year, it. if PS4K, then you can give me shit. No okay. PS4 cable shit. No, then I'm going to give you Belgium. Yeah, then you can give, give you Belgium on a plate. Give me Belgium on a spork. And, I'll be ready. <laughs> and I'm not going to let you get away with just some waffles. Yeah. Now give him a Vichy Soise fork and make him eat an island. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, anyway, I think, I think we're we've... probably about done. Uh, yeah. yeah. Any big. Oh, news this week we'll cover really quickly. Uh, the two GOW4s got news. Uh, oh, God yeah. of War 4. It was leaked that it's probably going to be in a Nordic setting, which everybody kind of expected coming anyway. Yeah, I don't think that's going to work out very well, personally. I, I think, I think we're it needed to move settings. Yeah. I yeah, we're sick of Kratos. I think it does need a different protagonist, and the rumours yeah. at the moment suggest it is Kratos still, which would be lame. Angry man shouts at bearded fellows. Yeah, done. That that would literally be that, that's the, the whole of Norse for. mythology in a nutshell, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. true. So, there was a lot more drinking and shagging around, though. No, just more drinking, really. It's like if it's going to be the continuation from God of War 3, where you've slit the throat of Zeus, and then Odin appears, just going, Ha! Ah, here's nothing in comparison to me. You damn make fun of me, Odin! This is my true Fight form. Begins. Yeah, there you go. And and then fight in shoes. Like, I don't get why... Like, if they go forward with the whole idea of, Oh, Kratos is back, he's more angry, now it's Odin's fault... What the hell? No, make he a literally new doesn't even guy. have a reason to be pissed at Odin unless they just exactly. You know, like, they, they have to make an intro video. Odin comes in and throws a Wiimote through his telly or something. ET bagged me during a game of Rainbow Six. Yeah. Now he must die. No, they're just in the office kitchen and he ate his sandwich. Yeah, and then the, the Kill Bill music goes off in his head. <laughs> this clearly had my name on it. <laughs> uh, other GOW four Gears four got a release date October eleventh. Very sensible Woo. slot. Can't uh, wait for would... the Windows 10 release of that one. Ha! Huh. Suck it, PC. <laughs> Oh, no, not again. Fuck you, PC guys. I don't care. Um, <laughs> but yeah, very sensible release slot because I think Microsoft are learning that exclusives in November are just not a good idea anymore. Get out of the way of the COD Yeah, because that's Call of Duty. Yeah, it's Call of Duty, yeah. it's Battlefield, it's Assassin's it's Creed. It's your FPS month, basically. Ah, uh, no Assassin's Creed this year. Yeah, no Assassin's Creed this year, which I'm glad about again. Unless uh, you count the really movie good. in December. Nobody counts the movie. No one cares. Yeah, um, $1,100 pre-order to go see it. Uh, we got the Doom open beta date. That's coming... Was Yay, it like next week. Plus DLC yeah. campaign. Oh, DLC campaign? I did not know about that. That's cool. Well, that's not campaign. I meant just their, their season Oh, you mean pass, that? All right, okay. That's the three cool. maps released. See, I I cannot get behind charging for maps anymore. Too many shooters have not done it now. It Siege, Halo... We just ah, but Siege doesn't charge for them. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. Siege oh, and Halo sorry. have set a precedent for not charging for maps because then you don't split the player base up. Yeah, but COD does it every year and they never really have a problem with it. No, but COD is the only one that can get away with it. COD is big enough to get away with it. In a there is going to be a point where the straw is going to break that camel's back. Uh, and even then, I I could see Call of Duty eventually just going, fine, maps are free, but you're paying out the arse for customization options. Mm. 
So I could see that. In fact, I could see, to be honest, the season pass just being for the zombies mode at some point. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. Um, which uh, again, which just brings up a question for me as to... I know I did a video on this ages ago, but a standalone Call of Duty Zombies game would sell. Oh yeah, I'd play the shit out of that. I don't, yeah. I don't like Call of Duty at all, but I would play the shit out of a standalone Zombies mode. Depends. What celebrities can they rope in this time? Well, you can't really beat Goldblum. Like, yeah, I don't know, Trejo wasn't bad. They've peaked, man. They've peaked with Goldblum. Like, maybe if they got, like, Michael Ironside and... Ooh, yes. Uh, no, but then there'd be a lot of people going, why is Sam Fisher and why is he old? Let's get Tim Curry in so he can go to Spice. 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 <laughs> uh, oh, watch out, they're sexually transvestites. And then the last news is that E-Games thing, which is your... The E-Games thing. Uh, E-Games thing. Uh, Basically, uh, as part of the big push that London's doing to sponsor games, they're doing a electronic version of the Olympics. It's going to start at Rio. I don't know how successful it's going to be. Will Boris well, Johnson feature? Yeah, probably he'll be playing. Uh, he'll be playing Street Fighter Five. No, uh, I'd love I don't to see how, that. I don't know how successful it's going to be, seeing as the World Cyber Games kind of fell apart. How many games it's going to actually have in besides, you know, the big ones of CS:GO and you know, yeah, League um, of Legends, League of Dota, Legends, and Dota, yeah. And how many countries were actually going to compete where there's no cash prize yeah. for it? I mean, it's all well and good when the Olympics you can get sponsor deals, whereas why would like an LCS team bother competing yeah. for this when they can just enter the LCS and get a bunch of money? Pretty much. I mean, it's a good idea, and I think I like the fact that they're trying to push esports forward. But I think this might kind of fall on. You think they're a bit late to the game? Yeah, a bit late to the party. If they'd done it kind of more near the inception of something like Dota and maybe tied it in with the international or part of the LCS, it could have worked. But make British gaming great again. Yeah, pretty much trying to make Britain. You know, it's it's all part of it's sponsored by the UK government, so it's probably going to be a massive tax thing. I'm not willing to eat a country, but I would. I would probably say I'll eat eat a city. I'll eat Middlesbrough if that goes well. I, okay. I cannot one see One final this question well. then, based on that question. One final thing from me. Do you think Rainbow Siege has legs as some form of eSport? Yes, if Ubisoft mm. weren't incompetent. I would yes. say yes. I think that's a perfect answer. Under the grounds of, I would wait until, like, I would do, I, I would either do it so that it was a seasonal eSports session where every season... When new characters were added in, the season would introduce the new characters also. That That is actually what they're doing. Which yeah. is, well, that's they're great. They're in anyway. the first but season fantastic. right now. I think, finished it? essentially, well, Counter-Strike, it's, it's Counter-Strike, but better for me in every way. It it just, it shits all over Counter-Strike. I don't care what anyone says. It's basically um, what I said it, of a review of it. It requires Ubisoft to know what they're doing, to sort their servers out. Yeah. Um, that's half of the problem. Yeah. People can't really train for it, especially I know the ESL versions of mm-hmm. uh, Rainbow Six. I know friends of mine have tried to get in the ESL league for for Siege. The problem is you can't connect to half of the private games because you'll drop signal halfway through a match. Yeah. Ubisoft needs to also, I don't think Ubisoft are supporting it enough in the fact that the patches are coming. There's only been like three major ones and it's been out three months. They need yeah, to be a bit quicker yeah. on the uptake. Yeah. So like that Frost shotgun was incredibly oh, overpowered yeah. for a good month and a half. Yeah. I I built it. I built an effigy of Frost and burnt her. 
They finally I hate bounced so it a bit, but it's still she's it's still ridiculous. So the drop offs at forty meters now. How how often do you get shot further than forty meters in siege? It's that shotgun might as well there just be wire guided. Hefty to your dose head. of certain characters that the second you see anyone pick it, you know they don't know how to play competently. Yeah. Like you never see anyone play pulse well. You never see anyone play IQ T'chanka. well. Tchanka is pointless. Yeah, Tchanka is pointless. Um, like essentially, my Thatcher is my go-to attack. Well, Thatcher or Fuse are my go-to attackers, and then I'd say like the defenders a bit more mixed. Uh, Rook is always good. Castle. I'm getting my glass Bandit. game. Bandit. <laughs> game. I'm not a huge yeah, a fan of glasses. I understand he's, the rifle's brilliant, and I've been ruined by some good glasses in the past. Um, yeah, he's, he's one of those very niche, but if someone trains on how to do him, he can yeah. be fairly beasty if, you if you've got someone in support. Player, especially on the plane map, you're done. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I told you guys about this before, but I'll tell you again for the podcast. I got killed within about three seconds of spawn as the attacker on the plane. I literally spawned, looked yep. up, and somebody had run out of the plane and hail Mary to see that in my head. That is the new meta, apparently. For the last couple of weeks, everyone's newest thing is everyone roams. Someone has to try and find the spawn and kill everyone immediately. Yeah, just, oh, motherfucker. Like, I get it's a cool tactic, but there's a point where playing within, yeah, play within the sort of uh, intention of the game. Like, No, if, if you're going to be allowed to do it, people are going to do it. Just just say, terrorists leave within the first 30 seconds, they just get sniped instantly. Fuck you, stay indoors. You can explore later once you're trying to sneak up on people. Yeah. But you just, you leave in the first 30 seconds, you get your head blown off. Alright, well there is more I think we could all complain about about Rainbow Six. Me especially, but I think we're going to have to end it there. Yeah. 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 So... Um, how is this going to work on the website? Is it going to be coming up as a news article if people want to ask yeah, questions? Yeah, it'll be up on the site. Uh, we're going to be creating a section for it on the site as well. Um, we may even, at some point down the line, sort things on iTunes or something. Um, but we'll see. For now, it'll be up on the site as soon as Dom gets it edited. I think we're aiming for... Normally, we'll be aiming to record this on Friday. Um, and then... Maybe fortnightly, maybe weekly. We'll see how things go. See how it goes. So, yeah. Really, really shaky, wobbly, non-committal answers for now. But at least fortnightly, we'll be aiming to get this up usually on a Sunday. This one will be a little bit later because we're recording on a Sunday. Um, yeah. Normal service will resume when we've decided what normal service is. Pretty much. Pretty much, yeah. In a nutshell. I was also um, contemplating an idea that if anyone wanted to get a hold of us personally for any questions to bring up on the podcast or anything otherwise, then possibly Twitter handles? Yes. Uh, so my Twitter is at Ian Van Cheese. Mine is Mine at is Will underscore Art underscore Thou. Mine is Captain at, at Captain underscore Trilby. And I'm at The Exploder with capital T and capital X. We'll have all these in the uh, in the post when it goes live on the yeah. site. Uh, like I said, if you have any questions for us uh, or comments, whatever you, you want to mention, how much of an idiot I am for declaring that I'm going to eat Belgium. Which country uh, should be next on Ian's hit Which list. country I should eat next, yeah. Then uh, go ahead and uh, send us a message. Um, at some go. point down the line, we're going to get some kind of interaction going, maybe like a... 
quiz or a you know read it, uh, listeners can send in a, a question for us or whatever. But this is thoughts for another day. Indeed, indeed. All right, and on that, I think that's us done. Right. Bye. bye, everyone. Bye, bye, bye. You can't hear anyone. Yeah, I'm here. I'm just waiting for you. You're starting. Yeah, we just... Yeah. God, good intro. Oh. Uh, that, oh, no, I thought we hit record then. Leave it in. Then. Leave okay, it in. That's the intro. <laughs> that, that no, leave totally that in. <laughs> no, I've got to set it at We've got to start on the right foot. Okay, but this is staying in. Okay. You can have a proper That's intro. Outtakes. Here we go. This will be in the outtakes yeah. at the end. <laughs>